Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. Dot the grove and now here's a word from the Lord hallelujah James chapter 1 I'm going to read the first four verses hallelujah James chapter 1 verses 1 through 4 I'm going to read from the King James Version back and forth between the King James and the New Living Translation. We bless the Lord for the Spirit of God. Mm. My God. We praise God for each and every one of you in this place today. Yes, God. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greeting, my brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Allow me to read those same verses from the New Living Translation very quickly. This letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am writing to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. Greetings, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Amen. Amen. I want to talk from this thought this morning. I'm coming out on top. I'm coming out on top. The book of James, or rather this letter from James, is believed by many to have been written by James, the half-brother of Jesus, our Lord. This James has become a prominent man of God in Jerusalem. In fact, he seems to have succeeded Peter uh, as a chief apostle in in the Lord's church and is mentioned in the book of Acts as having tremendous influence uh, in significant matters concerning the church. This letter, this letter is addressed to 12 tribes scattered. James wrote to descendants of tribes named after the sons and grandsons of the Old Testament character Jacob, who later became Israel. Uh, Judah, Levi, and Benjamin are a few tribal names that may ring a bell to some of you. They're scattered. They're scattered amongst the nations as part of the Jewish dispersion or the diaspora. Diaspora, as James writes from Palestine, he seems to be targeting believers scattered outside of Palestine. By the time James wrote this letter, there are literally Jews living around the world. You can hardly go anywhere in that day and time and not find dwellings of Jews, descendants of the 12 tribes of Israel. The question becomes, y'all, why are they scattered? Why are they scattered amongst the nations? Why aren't all of them there in Palestine? Two things I want to lift before you. One, they may be scattered because of their heritage. They may be scattered because of their heritage, their heritage. Some Jews are amongst the nations due to captivity as far back as the Old Testament times. Jews who were dispersed due due to being carried away into Assyria or Babylon and as a consequence journeyed to other neighboring nations and were still found living in those regions during the times of the New Testament apostles. 
So this scattering has roots. It's, it's not, it, it may not necessarily be something new for all of the scattered Jews. Some of them have descended from scattered Jews because of their heritage. And there were different types of Jews in this diaspora. You had some living in Palestine with their language, lifestyles, and customs. Then you had some living outside Palestine with other languages, lifestyles, customs. The Palestinian Jews were more, more they, they given more to agriculture. They, they were more of the farming type. So they might, be, they might be a little more country, a little more country. While Jews of the dispersion lived in cities and were a little more urban uh, or maybe a little more uppity. Now, they may have been a little more street smart than your country Palestinian Jews, they, uh, they, 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 the, the Jews, some of these Jews had really assimilated to Greek culture while others uh, not so much. And uh, we can see this even in the scriptures where even in Acts chapter six, where you see some discrimination amongst the Grecian Jews, uh, Grecian widows, Grecian widows, widows who had uh, really assimilated to Greek culture. They, they talked like the Greeks. They spoke Greek. They may have even given their children Greek names. They may have even dressed like Greeks, thought like Greeks. They had really, despite their Jewish heritage and identity, assimilated to Greek culture. But none of the Jews had any right to look down on any other Jew. Uh, whether they were of the dispersion or not. Because history shows that most Jews around the world at that time were either lower middle class or poor or very poor. I suppose they were like Negroes back in the day who looked at other Negroes and thought, we may be poor, but we ain't as poor as that black family over there. So you had some Jews who were uh, scattered due to heritage. But a second reason, second reason why some of these Jews are scattered is because of harassment. Harassment. Some of the persons who would receive this letter would be Jewish Christians who had lived in Jerusalem, but had been harassed and driven out of Jerusalem at the time of Stephen's martyrdom. For example, in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, Acts 8 and 1, you would find these words that Saul was consenting unto his death. That's the death of Stephen. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. So some of these Jews to whom James wrote were scattered in order to survive. They had literally run for their lives. They didn't have time to arrange for moving trucks to come and get their stuff. They didn't have time to put their house on the market and wait for it to sell before they relocated. No, they had to get what they could grab, put it on the back of a mule if they had one, and literally run for their lives. They were being harassed because of their identity with Christ, that they had believed that Jesus of Nazareth was actually the promised Christ of God. And their allegiance to this Christ uh, cost them everything. They had been harassed. They had literally, again, y'all, run for their lives. Uh, their lives were abruptly disrupted and they had to shift in order to survive. James may have been writing to persons who were once under his pastoral leadership in Jerusalem. This letter could be James' attempt to stream his sermons to an audience who at one time were listening to him during in-person worship. This letter has been left in posterity for generations of believers in Christ. He has reached more people with this letter, despite how their lives were disrupted. James has reached more people with this letter uh, uh, that he streamed during his day than he ever could have reached in person. Sometimes a scattering can really work to the kingdom's advantage. And we can relate to James and his audience, can't we? Uh, we, we've had to shift abruptly in order to survive by staying indoors, wearing masks, practicing physical distancing, worshiping online or via a conference call. We had to learn new languages like, like DoorDash, Uber Eats, Instacart. Some of y'all want Instacart before the pandemic. Facebook Live, YouTube Live, live stream. I wasn't Zooming before the pandemic. How many of y'all were not Zooming prior to this pandemic? Virtual learning, physical or social distancing, this new language, these new terms, this, this, this new ideology as a result of a, a type of scattering. All of us have had to shift and move from life as we've known it to life how we know it now. 
And just when you thought it may have been over, just when things seemed like, seemed like they were getting back to normal, here comes this Delta variant. Numbers on the rise again. Are y'all hearing me today? Uh, this notion of being scattered, this notion of being scattered is critical because whether due to harassment or heritage, the Jews that, 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 that James has written to uh, had to endure anti-Semitism. All of them, whether it was due to their heritage or due to harassment, they, wherever they went, they still had to endure anti-Semitism. Uh, there, there are historical accounts of people around the world having a major issue with Jews simply because they were Jews. Imagine that. People having a problem with a Jew simply because they're a Jew. It's almost as if people having a problem with you because you're black, simply because you're black. It doesn't matter how much money you have, doesn't matter what neighborhood in which you live, doesn't matter what club to which you belong, doesn't matter how much money you contribute to anyone's campaign. There are some people who are going to have a problem with you simply because you are black. And to, to cap it all off, some of us can relate to uh, how these Jews had to live. They, they were harassed when they were in Jerusalem. They were harassed wherever they went. Anti-Semitism followed them wherever they went. Some of y'all can testify of that. You were, you were harassed when you were black in Texas. You were harassed when you were black in Georgia. You were harassed when you were black in Philadelphia. You were harassed when you are black in Warner Robins. You were harassed when you were black in Florida. You were harassed when you are black in Centerville. You, you were, where you were, you were harassed. Harass. Where you are now, you were harassed. You were harassed when you were GS5. You were harassed when you were GS12. You were harassed when you were a, a teacher training to become a teacher. You were harassed when you become an administrator. Listen, this harassment can follow you wherever you go. You harassed where you were, harassed now that you've run. Uh, wherever you are, you can be harassed. You can be harassed because you're not you're not one of them. You're you're one of us, or you're not one of us. You're you're one of them. You know you're one of them. One one of those people that we don't trust. One of, one of those people we don't quite understand. One of those people we've only heard about. Or one of those kinds of people we only seen on TV. One of those kinds of people we only read or only see in the news when they're portrayed in a negative light. Yeah, you're, you're one of them. One of them in words. And I said that deliberately so y'all will see how much I've grown. Years ago y'all know how to say the actual word. You're one of them N-words, one of them Northerners, one of those liberals, one of them Trump supporters, one of them BLM people. You're, you're one of them. And James writes to all of them who have been harassed, all of them who are scattered, all of them who have had to shift, all of them whose lives have been radically and abruptly disrupted and they're just trying to survive. They're just trying to make it. They're just trying to preserve a little bit of sanity they have left. And James wrote them this letter that came directly from the heart of God. And James acknowledged in this letter that he knows that they're facing divers temptations. Divers temptations. When he said divers temptations, James says, I know that y'all are facing all kinds of troubles. In fact, that, that, that phrase, diverse temptations, means all kinds of outward troubles. It means actually that you're surrounded with trials. Everywhere you turn, you're going through. Everywhere you look, you're going through. Any of y'all ever been there? How I many of y'all still there? It's everywhere I look. I look at my money I'm going through. Look at my family I'm going through. Look at my husband, my wife going through. Look at the kids, stepkids going through, grandkids going through. In my career, I'm going through. I thought I'd be over some stuff after I retired. I'm retired. I'm still going through. In my neighborhood, I'm going through. On the news, I'm getting bad news. I'm going through. Getting bad news in text messages. Bad news in emails. Bad news in my voicemail. Bad news in my email back I'm just everywhere I turn the doctor told me he don't know what's wrong with me the specialist told me they don't know what's wrong with me the specialist referred me to another specialist they can't figure out what's wrong with me they prescribed me one medication it acts up with another piece of medication and the medication I can barely afford ain't even doing me no justice everywhere I turn then I come to the house of God at my church I'm going through my members making me my brothers and my sisters everywhere
where I turn, I'm going through my finances. Virtual learning has all kinds of challenges. My siblings got me going through COVID, got me going through people trying to act like things are back to normal, but numbers are on the rise. Shoplifting is becoming a thing. Gun violence is becoming a worse thing. Racism has always been a thing. Sexism is still a thing. Troubles of many kinds and troubles are inevitable. Jewish believers or nor any other believers are exempt from troubles and these troubles come without our permission James offers no solution for our troubles yet he offers a strategy for dealing with them so we can come out on top now James does not talk as though their troubles would end he doesn't tell them after you sow that next seed your trouble going to be over James didn't tell them after your next shout your trouble's going to be over James didn't tell them after you run around the sanctuary seven times by the seventh time you finish running your, your troubles will be over no James just gave them a strategy to make it through it although there would be no end to their troubles watch this y'all there was an expected end to the troubles the expected end to the troubles is that they would come out on top lacking nothing in their character lacking nothing in their worship lacking nothing in their maturity he conveyed to his scattered Jewish brothers and sisters that there was a goal to what they were going through the goal was to come out of their troubles again lacking nothing that they would come out stronger more stable closer to God more faithful to God more fruitful in the kingdom than ever before in other words they would have come out not like a champion but more than a conqueror now the devil would have you to come out on the bottom the devil will have you to come out of all these troubles that you're facing on the bottom the devil will have you to come out worse the devil would have you to come out worse in your mindset worse in your faith worse in your joy worse in your peace worse worse with no vision worse where you've given up all hope worse where you don't want to fool with nobody worse where you don't even want to talk to nobody worse where you don't trust nobody the devil would have you to come out where you are always hanging around a whole bunch of people and, 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 and the life of the party but now you just shut down keep to yourself because you don't know who you can trust you don't know whose words you can trust you thought you had people in your corner but found out that you did not you thought you had people who had your back but found out they actually had a knife in your back the devil would have you to come out on the bottom but the devil is a liar you're coming out of all your troubles on top you are designed to prevail you are anointed to win you're coming out on top God has taken up residence inside of you so he can whip the devil through you you have God's spirit abiding inside of you so you can make it the devil is already defeated and God is to be exalted through your life you are coming out on top if I'm talking to you wave your hand I, I can't have you talk to your neighbor just wave your hand I'm coming out on top I'm not coming out on the bottom I'm coming out on top you are coming out on top you may feel as though the weight of the world is on your shoulders you may feel as though you have more on you than you can bear but you're coming out of your troubles on top you can come out of this with more than a bronze medal more than a silver medal more than a gold medal there is a crown of righteousness awaiting you in all who anticipate Christ appearing how do we leverage our troubles to our spiritual advantage if you're going to come out of, of your troubles on top three things you got to do real quick and we're going to raise up number one give encouragers permission to challenge you give encouragers permission to challenge you if you're going to come out of this better if you're going to come out of this stronger if you're going to come out of all that you're dealing with on top you've got to give your encouragers permission to challenge you look at verse number one verse number one this letter comes from an encourager this letter is from James a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ I am writing to the 12 tribes Jewish believers scattered abroad greetings this letter comes from an encourager James wrote his letter to provide God-given content to people who certainly needed it he refers to himself as a servant a sold out slave is actually what the word means it means that he's given his own will over to the will of his master it means
means that he has relinquished a number of his own freedoms to the to the to the will of the one who owns him he acknowledges that his life is not his own he's given himself over to God the father of our Lord Jesus Christ and and, and Jesus Christ even himself and because James is an is, is a sold-out slave he is an encourager he wrote this letter to lift God's people he is an encourager again y'all a sold-out slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ he reached out to those scattered and encouraged them with a word from the Lord God given content in order for them to be helped they'd have to receive this content from this slave who reached out to them to challenge them and the truth of the matter is we're all digesting all sorts of content all sorts of information content from blogs social media news streaming platforms and podcasts but how much of the content you're digesting is God given who is providing the content you're digesting in this season what is their name what is their role in God's kingdom what is their identity what is their relationship with the Lord and the Lord's people how much of your content that you're digesting comes from or is based on the word of God how much of your content is helping you in your walk with the Lord the content you receive is shaping you to write your own narrative make a habit of digesting in encouraging content especially God-given content even if it challenges you James provided his audience content that challenged them he told them count it all joy just at the beginning count it all joy count it all joy he did not soothe their wounds he challenged them he did not tell them their troubles would be over in a week or whatever he challenged them challenged them with count it all joy in other words consider or or, or do it now once for all in other words y'all just do it just just count it all joy reckon it all to be joy he issued this challenge this challenge he encouraged them with this challenge and in the gym y'all you can find spotters you know spotters when when someone is, is handling too much weight really or, or more weight than they may think they can handle so they they have a spotter they have a spotter and and the spotter does not lift the weight for the individual handling the weight they just encourage and push the individual. They, they challenge the individual. Come on, you got it. Come on, it's all you. It's all you. It's all you. They may put two fingers to the bar while this, this person is trying to bench press 500 pounds. They, they just standing there in case, you know, the, but they're encouraging and they're pushing and they're challenging. They don't lift the weight for them. They challenge them and push them as they lift the weight themselves. And the end of this spotting is that the, that the individual uh, weight handler comes out stronger more developed and even stronger in their confidence that they're more confident that they can bench press or squat or handle all the weight that they may have questioned if they could handle it all on their own James writes to them as a spotter as a spiritual spotter telling them y'all can make it y'all can handle it y'all can keep moving forward count it all joy and some would tell James James you just don't understand or or James is easier said than done or or James can, can't you talk to somebody who can bail me out of my situation or maybe they'd say what some of us have a tendency to say but but it's just so hard James it's, it's just so hard and 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 the truth of the matter is your pity pity will not empower you to come out on top some folk call you not because they want encouragement they call you because they want pity and again pity will not empower you to come out on top pity parties can keep you pitiful choose empowerment over pity and grant permission to those who challenge you to do better to be better to think better to live better after James doesn't offer a word that soothes or pities some would deem him insensitive and have nothing more to do with him some of y'all have experienced that you didn't have anything comforting or assuring that you just told folks you just need to get your act together you're the reason why they left no you got yourself fired from that job Come on, sometimes you got to tell people the, the harsh, brutal reality, the harsh, brutal truth. Are y'all with me today? 
We cannot afford to only give ear to people who will pity us. We cannot afford to, to give ear to only those who will give us a license to be lazy or a license to be pitiful or a license to give up on God. We cannot afford to only listen to those who will give us license to quit or license to give up or throw in the towel. Sometimes we need folk to tell us you can make it count it all joy. There are times we need to be challenging. You need encouraging content when you're going through. Who you hear when you're going through can make the difference between coming out or staying in, winning or losing, victory or defeat. If you allow encouragers to challenge you with God-given content, you're coming out on top. So you are ordained to come out of your troubles on top. Give encouragers permission to challenge you. Secondly, secondly, give joy permission to empower you. Give joy permission to empower you. I'm in verses two and three. Give joy permission to empower you. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. James, James has written to them as if really it was up to them whether or not they'd have joy, that it wasn't up to the devil, the, the, the devil stealing your joy. It, it, he doesn't tell them the devil stole your joy. Take, take it back. He doesn't, he doesn't tell them that. He just says, listen, count it all joy. And he spoke again as if they had a choice whether or not they'd have joy. This joy he told them to have was a full and complete joy. Very similar to what Jesus told us in John 15 when he told us to be fruitful and that when we're bearing fruit every now and then God would prune us so that we could come out and bear even more fruit. And he said, I'm to I've told y'all all of this so that your joy would be full and that your joy would be complete. In other words, no matter what you go through, no matter how bad life may get, you're still being productive and you're still experiencing joy. Are y'all with me today? It was to be full and complete. In other words, James is telling his audience that they should be feeling good right now. They should, be, they, they should feel good with, with all they have going on and all they have going wrong in their lives. He told them, count it all joy. Mm, joy? Now? With all that's going on in the world? Joy? Now? With all that's going on in these yet-to-be United States, with all that's going on in the state of Georgia, with all that's going on in middle Georgia, with all that's going on in the Board of Education, joy, joy, after I buried my loved one to COVID, joy, with how my life has been totally disrupted these past 18 months, joy. After I finally retired and I'm too sick to enjoy it. Joy with all they're doing to suppress our vote because they lost the election. Joy with all the lies they keep telling on me. Joy with none of the medication that I can hardly afford ain't working for me. Joy after they decided not to investigate my loved one's death when it was clearly a murder. Joy with what's going on in my house and my household. Joy. James says yes joy choose joy give joy permission to empower you you have to allow joy space in your spirit you, you got to allow joy space in your spirit some of us have to admit some of us need to confess that our spirit has, that, that, that too much misery has taken up real estate in our spirit that, that complaining has taken up too much real estate in our spirit. Some of us need to sell some of that real estate, sell it to joy. Give joy permission to occupy and permanently abide in your spirit. Joy, James is saying, yeah, you're going through a lot. You're dealing with all kinds of stuff. Everywhere you turn, you're going through things ain't right. But joy has an opportunity to empower you right now. You must give it permission to do so. Joy empowers you to come out on top. I mean, after all, why should you be joyless? I, I mean, maybe some people may have an excuse to be joyless. Some people may ha have every right to be joyless. Anyone who does not have Christ in their life can get a joyless license. But if you got Jesus in your life, I don't know if you have a right to be absolutely joyless. Because
because if your sins have been washed away if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life I don't know if you have a right to be joyless if you got Jesus walking with you talking with you reminding you that you're his very own I don't think you have a right to be joyless if you got the one who can work miracles and perform signs and wonders and move mountains in your life I'm just saying I don't see where you have a right to be joyless I don't care what the devil has stolen I don't care what the devil has tampered with I don't care what the devil has taken from you I'm saying that any child of God where the word says greater is he who lives in you than he that is in the world I'm not saying how you may have a right to be joyless I know you may have lost a lot I know you may have gone through a lot but Jesus the word of God says weeping may endure but for a night but joy comes in the morning I wish I had some help in here listen I could see if you did not have any goodness or mercy following you all the days of your life you may have a license to be joyless then but if you walk through the valley of the shadow of death and God is with you and his rod and his staff is comforting you I'm just saying I'm just I know you may be surrounded by your enemies but if God has anointed your head with oil your cup ought to run over I'm just saying I don't see how you should be joyless if he woke you up this morning if he started you on your way if he put activity in your limbs if the blood is still running warm in your veins I'm just saying I'm not so certain I can see how you ought to be joyless if he put a biscuit on your table you may not have a whole pan for it if he put at least one biscuit on your table if you had at least one egg to boil if you had at least a little something something to put on your table this morning I don't see how you have a right to be joyless hallelujah give joy permission give joy permission to empower you and then James doesn't give us five keys to counting it all joy. He doesn't give us seven secrets to counting it all joy. But I do see one thing in the text that empowers us and uh, uh, how to count it all joy. And this takes me to my third and final point. He, he says, listen, give patience permission to shape you. Give patience permission to shape you. Uh, th this is how joy uh, gets permission to empower us. You give patience permission to shape you. Um, can, can I be fully transparent and be allowed to finish this sermon and, uh, and keep my job as your, as your senior pastor? Uh, can, can, this is between me and you. This is between me and you. Streaming audience, y'all turn your stream off for a second. Conference call, y'all pause for a minute. Let me tell y'all a little secret. I hate patience. I don't even want to talk about. Have you ever heard me teach a Bible study on patience? Have you ever heard me preach a sermon on patience? Have you? Listen, you ain't about to hear me. Of all the books I might write, I ain't writing none on patience. I'm going to tell you that. But I think, I think, I think I was conditioned. I think I was conditioned to feel a certain way about patience. Jonathan, I was taught in the church growing up. What, y'all? Y'all were taught it too. Don't ask for patience. Don't, 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 don't you ask. You might just get it. I think I was conditioned to, to have a certain adversarial attitude with patience. Don't ask for patience. Church folk taught me in the house of God. Don't ask for patience. I think I've been conditioned all my life to have this adversarial attitude toward patience. James said, as he is inspired by the Holy Ghost, verse 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh your last nerve. No, I'm sorry. That was, that was, that was that's, yeah, that's, that's a letter from David Clark. That's it. <laughs> James said, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh Patience. 
Verse 4. Verse 4. Oh, if only verse 4 could be omitted from the scriptures. But let allow yield to consider the advantage did I just say that of, of, of patience having her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing James with all I'm going through you mean to tell me that, that, that God may be working in me to develop my faith, to make me more patient. James says, Clark, man, listen, your faith is being tested. It is key to understand this because it can impact your joy. God has ordained for your storms to develop your faith. Watch this, y'all, to meet a certain standard. So you go through, your faith may be at this level and God is saying I'm, I'm trying to take you to where your faith is at this level or or uh, we were we were in the grocery store and I looked at some we were we had to get a loaf of bread so we grabbed some honey wheat bread but I saw this other bread that had all these a whole bunch of little seeds on it I don't even know what kind of bread it was a whole bunch of little itty bitty little seeds but it had so many it was like a, a light brown bread with these dark brown itty bitty seeds but it had so many of these itty bitty little seeds on it Look like they were bugs. At first glance, you would think, well, all them bugs. You, you, you have some stuff. You, you can have some stuff that has impurities in it. The, the, the jewelry that you're wearing, the gold or the silver, the platinum. Some of y'all platinum Negroes. The, the platinum, the platinum, the, the, the jewelry that you're wearing had to go through a refining process. To get rid of all of the impurities in the metal and so that it could meet a certain standard before it wound up on your finger or in your ears or around your neck or on your, on your wrist. Your faith is the same way. It has to go through a process where it is refined to get rid of the impurities that, that decrease the value or decrease the worth and the power of your faith. So some of the stuff, the, the storms we go through, James is saying the storms you're going through is designed to, to give your faith greater value, to give your faith greater potency. You got, you got some little bugs in your faith. You got some bugs of doubt in your faith. You got some bugs of logic in your faith. You have some big old bugs of impatience in your faith. You, you got some big old cockroaches one, where you're wondering what's taking God so long. In your faith, James says right now what you're going through, what, what can give you joy is not looking at how the devil is trying to tear you down, but how God is testing your faith. You, 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 what can give you faith, what can, what can give you joy is, is giving, per, giving patience permission to shape you. Two things here real quick we're going to raise up. Two things here. I want to talk first of all about the focus of our faith. The focus of our faith. Because James told them that the testing of their faith produces patience. Let patience have, a, have its way in shaping you. That you're shaped, molded, matured by patience. The focus of our faith. The, uh, uh, the focus of the faith. So it, 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 is, it is this. Resolve to come out more patient. Such a resolve requires your faith being tested. How was the scattered Jewish believers faith tested? What were they believing God for? Here it is right here. Listen, they were believing God for the imminent return of Jesus. Their faith probably focused more on Jesus coming right back, like real quick. Like I'm just running to the stove for a minute. I'll be right back. Imminent. You know, it's not like I'm going, we're, we're going to Orlando to hit some outlets. No, I'm, I'm running to the, to the store on the corner. I'll be right back real quick. They thought Jesus was coming back right quick. So they're looking for him. Yeah, they're looking for him. They're, they're looking for him. All of this stuff going wrong in their lives, but they're looking for him. Everything, everywhere, they're surrounded by trials, but, but they're looking for him. But he ain't coming. They're looking for him to come back and collect them unto himself, uh, unto himself, but, 
but he ain't coming. So they're like, what's taking him so long? We're looking for the Lord to come right back, but, but what's taking him so long? They, their faith, hear me, y'all, hear me. They, their faith focused more on the eschatological and eternal rather than the temporal. Eschatological deals with eschatology. So I know a bunch of y'all, oh, okay, that's what it means. Okay, all right. Eschatology, E-S-C-H-A-T-A-L-O-G-Y. I think I spelled that right. If not, well, come back next week. Eschatology basically is the doctrine of the end times. It's, it's the doctrine of the end times. How things are going to work at the end of time. Eschatology. So Jesus coming back speaks of the end times. So they had more of an eschatological outlook in their faith. If you were to ask them, what are y'all, what are y'all believing God for in this season? They likely would have quickly answered, we're looking for Christ to come right back. We're looking for the imminent return of Jesus. And then they got to wondering, what's taking him so long? It was, was taking him. They knew, they knew when Jesus returned, all of the suffering would be over. When Jesus would return to get them, all of their struggles, all of their trials, all of their troubles would be over. No more heartache, no more heartbreak, no more disappointment. It'll all be over when Jesus returns. No more medication that won't work. No more chemo taking out all your hair, but it ain't taking out the cancer. No, listen, no more of that. They knew when Jesus returned, all of that will be over. So they're looking for him. They believe by faith that he's coming right back. It's talking, it's taking him too long. They needed faith to believe he's still coming. Just like he said, endure your troubles. He's still coming back. Just like he said, don't let him, don't let him come back and catch you pitiful. Don't let him come back and catch you weak. Don't let him come back and catch you where you, you become so distraught with what you were taught. And, and you just, what you see happening doesn't line up with what you're being taught that you drift away from the church. You drift away from God. He's saying, he's still coming back. Hold on, hang on in there. Count it all joy. Their faith may have focused on the eschatological, what would happen when everything would be over. Our faith may be the other way around, where our faith focuses more on the temporal. We're looking for God to open doors no man can shut right now here on earth. We're looking for God to make ways out of no way in the temporal now here on earth. Our, our faith may focus more on the temporal than the eternal. And I want to suggest that if COVID taught us nothing else, it, it should have taught us that in the church today, especially in the black church, we may need to make a shift where we still looking for God to move today in the temporal. But we place more emphasis on God moving in the eschatological. In other words, we're looking for doors to open today. But at the same time, we're looking for Jesus to crack the sky today and that should get us excited that should have us running around the church that should have us sowing seed in our faith are y'all with me today that's the focus of our faith we're looking for him to come right back but the second thing second final thing is the fruit of our faith the fruit of our faith what is your faith producing you're, you're expecting God to do something but who is that making you out to be who are you becoming as a result of what you're believing who, who are you becoming as a result of what you are believing? James said in our text, faith works patience. Faith makes patience work. Faith makes patience develop. Faith will make you more patient. Faith is designed to have you so accustomed to waiting on God to do stuff where you're naturally patient. You shouldn't be uh, 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 one who engages in road rage because your faith is making you patient. You waiting on God to do stuff. You waiting on Jesus to come back. You waiting on God to do things in the here and now. It makes you patient. You shouldn't be upset when the internet ain't acting right. Taking too long for you to get on your website. You shouldn't be upset when you're watching your show on your platform and that thing just starts buffering. Shouldn't be saying words that God done delivered you from when you, come on y'all. With something taking too long. James says there's a fruit to your faith. Your faith is to produce, generate, garner, uh, uh, make effective your faith. Worked patience shapes us into worshipers 
who are perfect and entire. That's what, that's what James said. He, he says we're perfect and entire. We're maturing and we're, we're well-rounded. This word patience, this word patience means to be tenacious. It's not a passive sitting back waiting on it to happen. It's, it's, it gives you a tenacity. It's a faith that makes you tough-minded to believe that it's still going to happen. That God is still going to do it. That God is still going to move. Are y'all with me today? William Barclay, William Barclay explains that it is not the patience that passively endures. Instead, it is the quality that enables a man to stand on his feet facing a storm. You ever watch those newscasters when they're telling us what's going on at the onset of a hurricane and those winds are those winds have them wheeling and rocking while they're out there in the elements with those rain suits on and the winds are blowing and they and they can hardly talk to uh, Lester at the NBC control room or whoever's at CNN and there the wind is it has them going. William Barclay says this kind of patience has you in a storm where the winds are blowing but you're just standing there like ain't nothing going on. You're just standing there. Like, I still believe God. You standing there like he, Jesus is still coming back I'm still going to be healed I'm still going to be delivered my family is still going to be blessed I'm still going to meet him in the air I'm still going to make it I'm still going to endure the doors are still going to open ways are still going to be made he's still going to fight my battles are y'all with me today give permission to patience to shape you give permission to patience to shape you patience in your struggles empower you to develop spiritual stamina you're you Listen, it, it gives you a resolve to outlast the devil. Part of the enemy's strategy is to get you so worn out that you no longer have it in you to keep fighting. Who besides me has ever been there? The devil, get, you can get so worn out. You're so tired of carrying all the weight. You're so tired of fighting all the battles. You're so tired of being the one to do this and the one to do that. You're so tired of it that the devil can get you where you're so worn out. Ain't no fight left in you. But this faith produces a patience that tells the devil after a week, come on, devil. It gives you a faith. It gives you a patience that after a year, you come, come on, devil, I'm still trusting God. After five years, you're still trusting God. After 10 years, you're still trusting God. Are y'all with me today? God's strategy is for your faith to produce a patience that keeps you fighting with joy so give permission to patience be patient y'all God is going to work it out be patient y'all while God is working on it God is working in you patience is to shape you this begs the question who are you becoming while all of this trouble is happening in your life who are you becoming while all this hatred comes your way who are you becoming while you're being mistreated and underappreciated who are you becoming while God blesses you with great success and wealth and prosperity God wants to work on you so you're becoming more patient perfect and entire lacking nothing be shaped by your patience give patience permission to shape you I wonder I wonder if we're raising a generation spoiled by how quickly and how easily good things come to them you can be shaped by convenience. You can be shaped by silver spoons. You can be shaped by growing up with no household chores, no responsibilities, and, and end up being a, a sorry adult with no work ethic. You can be shaped by always easily getting out of trouble, never suffering consequences of poor decisions. You can be shaped by a life of privilege when there's one set of rules for you and people like you and another set of rules for everyone else. It has been said that there were more wealthy people committing suicide when Wall Street crashed back in the 1920s than poor people. You can be shaped into someone who can't handle tough times when everything has been so easy and convenient for you maybe that's why people say tough times don't last but tough people do the apostle Paul was getting so much revelation from God he had to be buffeted by the devil this buffeting was a thorn in his flesh to keep Paul from getting beside himself the thorn was leveraged so Paul could be strong even when he was weak and he resolved to rejoice in his infirmities it could be that sometimes God may be saying the worst thing he could do is bring you out of your trouble today 
What if, what if God looks at you right now with all that you're, listen, with all, with all that you're enduring at this very moment. And while looking at you, he tells all the hosts of heaven that the worst thing he could do is bring you out of your troubles today. What if God looks at you and tells all the seraphim and every cherubim that if he turned your troubles around tonight, that you'd stop praising him like you were this morning. What if God looks at you right now with all you're enduring and tells all of heaven that if he brought you out right now, you would lack the humility that you need or the gratitude that you still need or the patience you still need for him to show you the favor you still need and the power you still need so his name can be made great through your life. Let's, let's be honest. We've seen some people who got out of trouble. They were on fire for God. You couldn't keep them out the church. They were serving the Lord, but trouble came their way way and they were struggling and they were doing well but then that trouble got over they got a new job they finally got a job finally got a promotion finally got married and you don't see them anymore sometimes God looks at us and says the last thing I need to do is bring you out today is good that you are afflicted sometimes we need to have the testimony is good that I had been afflicted it brought me off my high horse it brought me down to myself it was good that I had been afflicted it taught me to appreciate people more it taught me to appreciate my family more it's good that I had been afflicted it taught me to take better care of my body it taught me to slow down it was good that I had been afflicted it taught me to stop running my mouth and stop letting whatever come up to come out it's good that I had been afflicted it taught me that I need to apologize sometime it taught me I need to slow my roll it taught me that I need to really think about the things that I'm about to say before I say it good that I had been afflicted it taught me that I didn't that the problem wasn't them the problem was I didn't appreciate them the way I should have it was good that I had been afflicted because God worked on me when I lost that job God worked on me when I lost that marriage God worked on me when I lost that house God worked on me when I lost that good health it's good that I had been afflicted because it taught me that I need to learn how to slow down and slow my roll I had to give permission to patience to shape me so now devil you can work on it all you want God take your time as long as I know in the meantime you're causing all things to work together for good for me because I love you and I'm called according to your purpose God take your time as long as I know that in the midst of it all you walk with me you talk with me because you promised me you'd never leave me nor forsake me God take your time as long as I know in the midst of it all I'm still more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves me God you can take your time as long as I know that if I endure as a good soldier that you got some promises waiting up for me God take your time because as long as I believe that I'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living I won't quit I won't faint I won't give up God take your time as long as I know that when you finally bless me when you finally bring me out when you finally make it right that you're going to make it worth my weight well sometimes it could take years sometimes it could take months sometimes it could take just three days just three days God can let them put nails in your hands three days God can let them put a crown of thorns on your head God can let them mock you and ridicule you and make it seem like it's taking him forever to move on your behalf God can let them bury you and place you in a borrowed grave but early Sunday morning how many of you know that you can rise up from that grave with all power in your hand how many of you know that sometimes the devil can think that he has you and has you for good but if you learn how to wait sometimes you got to wait while you're still on your cross sometimes you got to wait while you're laying in a borrowed grave when you feel like not only has everything died but you feel like you have died a part of you has died but early that Sunday morning God can raise you up if you wait long enough God can raise you up but let me close by telling y'all as I get ready to finally take my seat that in the midst of all that you got going on you're coming out on top so while you're going through what you're going through and I don't know what all of y'all are going through today but while you're going through what you're going through count it all joy and what I'm trying to tell you is you ought to make up in your mind that despite how the devil is tormenting me I feel alright despite how grief can wreck your heart but I still feel alright despite how long I don't know how long it may be before I come out of this situation but as for today as for right now I feel alright cause I, wake, I woke up this morning with my 
mind stayed on Jesus I feel alright with tears streaming down my face my testimony is I feel alright is there anybody here where things are going like hell in your life where things are messed up in your life but despite all of that your testimony is I feel alright because I know in whom I have believed and he will keep that until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ is there anybody in here that despite everything you're going through you feel alright you got peace that passes all understanding and joy unspeakable and full of glory and it's simply because you made up in your mind that you can't control what's going on in your life you can't control what other folk are saying you can't control what other folk are doing but you can control how you feel and you had a made up mind I've been miserable long enough it's time for me to get up from my pity party it's time for me to get up from a pool of shame and guilt and resolve I feel alright because I'm going to be alright long as I got Jesus in my life I'm going to be alright as for me and my house we going to be alright as for me and my house we going to be alright as for me and my church we going to be alright as for me and mine we going to be alright because the Holy Ghost done told me everything is going to be alright the Holy Ghost done told me that God is able to cause all things to work together for good for those of us who love him and are called according to his purpose is there anybody in here who has a made up mind where your faith declares we gonna be alright let me see you wave your hand let me hear you shout glory because you gonna be alright I would have you turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor you're coming out of this I don't know when but you're coming out of this I don't know how much longer it's going to be but you're coming out of this and when you come out you're gonna be stronger when you come out you're gonna be better when you come out you're gonna be wiser I wish I could have you turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor the word declares content from God you gonna be alright is there anybody's testimony today is it anybody's testimony today I'm gonna be alright that's why I praise him not because of what I'm going through but because of what I yet believe that's why I give him glory not because of what I'm going through but because of what I yet believe that's why I run around the church that's why I put my hands together that's why I dance like I do because I still believe everything's gonna be alright I'm coming out on top I'm coming out with the devil under my foot I'm coming out keep your eyes on me keep your eyes on your neighbor keep your eyes on the one you're laughing at keep your eyes on the one you're mocking keep the ones on keep your eyes on the one you're ridiculing because God has his hands on them and God has his hands on you while they're laughing at you while they're mocking you while they're ridiculing you while the devil think he has you God has declared just give me a little more time if they hold on if they hold out I'm bringing them out if they give me praise if they resolve to believe the word I spoke on their life I'm bringing them out if they don't give up I'm bringing them out and when I do glory to God when I do they'll have this testimony if it had not been for the Lord on my side I don't know where I'd be but I give him glory and that's why I tell folk be not dismayed whatever be tied God will take care of you can I get a witness here I said God will take care of you can I get a witness one more time and I'm done for today be not dismayed whatever be tied God will I said God will God will take care of you do you believe it let me 
me hear you shout yes shout yes shout yes now give God praise give God glory give him praise give him glory hallelujah I'm coming out of this I'm coming out on top I'm coming out on top I'm coming out on top God is doing his part you do your part you do your part give permission to those encouragers to challenge you give joy permission to empower you and give give um give patience I'm growing I'm growing give patience permission to shape you shape you I can wait on him I can wait on him I hate waiting but I can wait on him I hate how embarrassing it is while I gotta wait but I'm waiting on him can you imagine how they were mocked and ridiculed while they claimed their savior is coming back and they looked for him and died and died and they still look for him and died even now we're looking for him and we're dying and we're looking for him but we still believe one day Jesus is coming back and while we wait on him to come back we've got to let him mold us and shape us so that when he does come back we're so we so closely resemble him we so closely resemble him that all of the immaturity all of the all the fakeness all the all the worldliness all the carnalness has been lost in the fire this has been dr david anthony clark of the union grove missionary baptist church of Warner robbins georgia we thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.